Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Her Daily Drive. <laughs> I was going to say, let's just pretend that we're having coffee. But <laughs> it's kind of awkward when really coffee. <laughs> Today I've got Rebecca with me. You can call me Beck. Sarah, I'm your cousin. Okay, no, I'm <laughs> no, I'm like happy to be Rebecca, but I'm just saying it's weird for you to call me Rebecca because you have always called me Becky. Like, <laughs> I'm Rebecca to other people, but not to you. Okay. Hi, Beck. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your testimony? Well, I grew up in a Christian family. And so obviously God was such a big part of our lives from the very beginning. Like mum and dad both went to Bible college when they were younger. And dad is like a theological, he's got like a master's degree or whatever. And so theology and God have been such a big part of our conversation as a family. So when I was seven, I was a really inquisitive child. I used to always ask dad questions about God and creation, all that sort of stuff. Then one time on the night of my seventh birthday, we were talking about heaven and hell and how you get to heaven. And God was was explaining to me, dad was explaining to me. I'm sure the Lord was explaining through dad, but anyway, so dad was explaining to me about how like, you know, Jesus came and he died for our sins and um, by accepting his grace into our hearts, we are like saved, et cetera, et cetera. And then we get into heaven sort of thing. He did that in a very basic way. And I was like, oh, well, clearly I want to go to heaven as opposed to hell. So I'm going to put my hand up for that. Yeah, so I was seven at the time. So that's when I first accepted God into my heart. As I said, I was a really inquisitive child. So as I was growing up, even though I made that commitment at such a young age where you sort of don't fully understand the implications of that, it was the fact that I had made that and I definitely made a decision to be open to who God was. That then as the conversa- as I got older, the conversation with my father just developed into a more mature conversation. And then from that, I obviously probably reaffirmed Honestly, I feel like I reaffirm my faith pretty much every single time I hear an altar call at church. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I'll be safe, Jesus. Help me just in case I got it wrong last time. I obviously reaffirmed and then just developed my own opinions and started seeking him more personally as I got older and just gradually fell more and more in love with him. That's awesome. So God's a really important part of your life. He's the most important part of my life, 100%. And you and I um, chatted a little bit yesterday about God's agenda versus our own agenda. And we're going to have a bit of a conversation and interview about that today. Yeah, cool. I think that's a great idea. So can you just kind of intro the topic of God's agenda versus our agenda? Like when we look around society today, what's our stance on it? I feel like our stance on it, if you're thinking about God's agenda versus I guess a human agenda is that society doesn't really care about God's agenda. We live in a day and age where we choose God if it's convenient for us. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, oh great, I'm going to be friends with God today because he potentially might do this for me. And we're always trying to manipulate God into getting what we want. And it's never actually about what God might want as opposed to what we want, which is silly because if you really think about it, he's God. Mm. So surely he knows better than you but we don't seem to believe that regularly. So we're always in a position where we're like, oh, well, God, if you do this for me, then I will stop smoking or like I will stop gambling or I will break up with my boyfriend if you do this for me. And it's like, well, you can't actually manipulate God into getting what you want. That's not how the relationship works. Plus, that's not how you're going to be happy. So that's that I think as a society, we have a warped perceptive of what God's agenda is and what it means to apply that to our lives. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think it's an important conversation to have Mm. just because particularly, for like women of all ages, we are as women, we're a very, we can tend to be quite controlling of our circumstances and we want to be in control of what's going on around us. And that doesn't change in our relationship with God. We want to be in control and a relationship with God doesn't work if you're in control because he's supposed to be God, not you. 
So if you try and take that position in the relationship, then you sort of, you basically just push him out and end up missing out on what it is that he wants you to do. What's your actual experience with following your agenda versus following God's agenda? To be honest, I have an experience with that every day. Every day is an opportunity for me to be like, ah, I think I'll do it my way. Thanks God for the heads up, but nah, I've got this covered. Probably there's quite a few stories that I have. One of the stories is from when I was working in aged care facility. So I'm a registered nurse. I have been nursing since I was basically the age of 14. I got a job in an aged care facility as a carer. So I was like helping bathe people and feed them and help them with activities of daily living, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so I started doing that when I was 14. I took care of a lady who was obviously old. She was like what you could probably say as difficult. Like a lot of the other people that worked with me would complain about how hard it was to take care of her. She would get, she was just very hard to deal with because you would do something for her and it would never be right. Like she'd be like, oh, you just, that's wrong. And oh, that's wrong. And oh, oh, and you'd be trying so hard to do everything that she wants you to do. And she would be scoffing at you the whole time and telling you that it's wrong. At that point in my life, I wanted to just be like every other person that worked there and resent her for the fact that she was annoying and get angry at her and just put up with her. But I really felt like God was sort of like to me, no, no, that's not what you want. So there was a little bit of a battle between like, how am I going to actually take care of this person? Am I going to walk into her room every single day and be as scoffy and as mean and as nasty to her as she is to me just because I feel that she should be nice to me? But instead, I felt like God was like to me, no, Rebecca, you are actually going to learn to love this person regardless of how you, how she treats you at this time. So then I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to just learn. I'm going to learn how to appreciate her. And I started, I obviously, I prayed about it a fair bit because she had dementia as well. So like she would repeat similar stories. It's not like the conversation was really awesome between me and you, Sarah, where we could talk about different things every single day I came into her. Like sometimes we'd have the same conversation all the time and then she'd get angry about the same sort of thing all the time. And people get tired of it. And that's why they'd obviously not like taking care of her. And I felt like God was like to me, no, I don't want you to be like that. And so I was like, okay, God, well, just help me to actually develop an appreciation for her. When I started working there, she hated me, absolutely hated me, like would be angry at me, wouldn't let me take care of her, would tell me to get out of the room, ask for a different nurse. I obviously wouldn't let her have a different nurse because you can't just pick and choose your nurses all the time. Like you can't just be like, sorry, I don't like your face. Get out of here. So I was like, I'm sorry, this is who you've got today. Like, this is, we're going to have to deal with each other. Anyway, and then I started to persevere and was like, no, I'm going to actually develop an appreciation for you. And it was such an attitude change. It was such an attitude uh, of which God was like changing my heart to actually love her as opposed to find all the faults in her and then hold on to them. Instead, he was like, just learn to love her and appreciate her for who she is. And I actually began to not become annoyed at her over slowly a period of time. And I actually began to really enjoy taking care of her. And so I worked at that, I worked at the aged care facility for like six years in total. And when I first started there, she would get angry at me every single time I walked in the room. By the time I left at the end of the six years, I would walk into her bedroom. And the first thing she would say to me is, oh, it's my girl. It was such a shift. And it was such, um, it was such a scenario of which it was God's agenda versus my agenda. I could have chosen to be like every other person that worked there and been like, no, she's annoying. I don't like her. And just written her off as a person because she was annoying and didn't fit into my world. But instead God was like, I've got a deeper and bigger purpose for you in this scenario. And you're actually going to learn to love her and appreciate her. And through that, I have also learned 
that that is a really valuable lesson to be applied to all of life because everyone is going to annoy you and everyone is going to be flawed. I can't manipulate everyone into being what I expect them to be. I have to, if I'm going to be what God wants me to be, I have to learn to love them for where they're at now and not expect them to be something more than they are. And so that was definitely his agenda versus my agenda. And things like that happen to me all the time because I'm always like, think that I know best, but I really don't. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, it's like God actually taught you something through that time. Mm, For sure. And sometimes it can be whether he actually needs us to help someone else by following his agenda or help ourselves through his agenda. Well, it's such a combination because it's like he wanted me to help her and he also wanted to help me. Looking back, I was like, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. 100% would not be the person I am today if at 14 God had not put me in that aged care facility to be trialed and tested by those people that I worked with. I like that you said trialed and tested because I feel like so often we think God's agenda is that we're great, we need to help others. But sometimes it's actually like, no, 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 your heart needs to be changed. Yeah, 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 100%. Mostly, I feel like mostly God's agenda for our life is like, well, actually you might think this difficult person's difficult, but you're really the difficult one that I'm trying to fix here. Are there any stories or verses that come to mind that talk about this whole God's agenda versus our agenda? Well, I think the entire Bible is a God agenda versus our agenda. From Genesis, like you very, very beginning of the Bible, what do we have? We have Adam and Eve in the garden. God's agenda is that they live perfectly and they rule and subdue the earth and don't eat from the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. What do they do? Eat from the knowledge of good and evil. Like from the very beginning of the history of the world, we have God's agenda versus our agenda. (laughs) And the Bible is just a chronological description of how not following God's agenda is a stupid idea. (laughs) Like how do you think the people got into slavery in Egypt? Didn't decide to do what God wanted. When we don't choose to follow God's agenda, we end up in a complete mess. But I think something that we can also realize through like a few New Testament stories is the way that like, cause the whole Bible and the whole story of God in our world is about God on a mission to rescue his fallen people and about how his agenda is not going to be sidetracked just by our stupidity. God is committed to saving us regardless of whether or not we're committed to like follow him all the time because we're not. Like we're sinful, disobedient people. We're not always going to be on board with God, no matter how perfect we think we are or no matter how blameless we think we are. We're never always going to follow God. It's a daily process of being like, okay, God, what's your agenda as opposed to my agenda? So on that note of being a daily process, what are some practical steps you could give listeners who are wanting to discover God's agenda for their life? How do we find that agenda if we don't know where to start? I think you start by acknowledging that God is God and that you are not God. I think that's where everything starts. Because at the end of the day, you're you're brought into this world, you have been brought up in a society where you are taught that everything that you want and everything that you think is a good idea is okay. And it's just like, it's such a warped perspective of life. Life is not directly about you 24-7. And I think realizing that puts it into perspective by when you acknowledge that God is God, because it's like life is not about you. Your life involves you, but your life to be happy is not actually just solely about what you want, when you want it and how you want it. And let's just get all those things and then you'll be happy. That's not what's going to make you happy. And so I think you have to first acknowledge that God is God. And I think that's that's like the commitment of becoming a Christian is like, that's when you first realize, well, actually I haven't got it all figured out. There is someone much bigger than me. His name is Jesus and he has it all figured out and he's actually God and he's offering a way for me to have a better life. All I have to do is follow him because he's the one that knows everything about everything. What we fall into the trap is of Christians is that we think that once we've become a Christian and we've made that first initial acknowledgement that we never have to re-acknowledge it. But I don't think we realize that it's actually continually having to come back and re-acknowledge the fact that God is God and that you are not. 
Okay, so Becky, before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? Oh, well, like no particular like words of encouragement, but just just the fact that like God's agenda is so much better than your agenda. It doesn't matter who you are, how smart you think you are, where you've been in life. He is a lot smarter than you. He's a lot better than you. He's a lot bigger than you. He's just everything better than you. Yeah. (laughs) He is. And so you should trust him when he asks you to do something because it's usually the best decision that you could make. And that's what your agenda should be. Your agenda should be to do whatever God wants you to do because he's, he's the best. And he's not going to let you down. Like he's committed to giving you the best, most fullest, contented life that you could imagine for yourself. God is capable and he can do, wants to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. That is what he says in his word, that he wants to do more than we could ask or imagine. Trust his agenda. If he asks you to do something, the fact that you might be listening to this now and you might have no idea really what God wants for you out of life in general, his agenda is probably just for you to actually start seeking him more actively and coming to him more regularly and being like, God what do you actually want from me out of this life? Like, who am I? What do you want? I don't know. Just tell me, you know, like maybe that's what he just wants you to be doing. And I think just do it. You're not going to be disappointed. That's my encouragement. Cause I wasn't for sure. Not like I absolutely love my life. I really, really do. And it's, I love it because so many times God just opened my, opens my eyes to appreciate things that I never would have appreciated. So my life I feel is really rich and really full because even though from an outside perspective, it probably looks really boring internally, the thing, the, like the relationships that I've been able to build and the things that I've learned through those relationships, like even that lady that I took care of, like those, like those things are beautiful. And I really love them. Like, I love that I had that experience with that lady. I value her so much now, you know? And it's like, I wouldn't have had the richness of that relationship taking care of her if I had chosen what I wanted over what God wanted. Yeah. Like my life is so much better because I chose to do what he wanted me to do. Yeah. So I'm promising you that it's worth it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Becky. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today, everyone. If you want some frequent encouragement or inspiration, you can follow us on Instagram at Her Daily Drive. I hope you have a wonderful week.